Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Garage. This is episode number 368 featuring Sonia Kristoff, who when we last last, uh, left Sonia, uh, way back when, she was working at Massive Entertainment, which was part of Ubisoft and in the gaming world, and she was doing some really interesting things. But she has since left, and uh, she has uh, said that you know ever since she turned 40, there was a new career that she wanted to pursue, and she started to explore, and she's doing a lot of really interesting little things, or not so big things, too. Uh, Sonia, uh, Kristen, what did you think of the podcast with Sonia? Well, this is a great podcast for anyone that's like wanting to go into business and learning kind of how you start. So as she explains, I mean, it is hard. Her and her husband are supplementing um, their income with their teaching. um, And she teaches a blender class on schoolism, I believe it was. Um, And she has about five students a session on that. They also still do freelance work and she's still doing environment and concept art. Um, but her and her husband are also they're learning programming and developing skills to like widen their um, their skill set um, until they have enough knowledge to create something. And she said uh, they both they want to kind of develop their own stories and create either a graphic novel or a mobile game, um, just TBD. So it's just a good learning, you know, podcast to hear the struggles, but also the um how it will hopefully be great in the end. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's mm-hmm. really interesting. I mean, she's basically, you know, like, why not just start something interesting and start something new and sort of uh, get into a new career and uh, learning to program so that she can write her own mobile game is kind of an interesting thing to do, especially, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, where she came from. So I think it's really cool what Sonya's doing. I think I'm very, you know, it's definitely a big learning curve. All the little details that you have to realize what you have to do to basically start your own business, it's not its not trivial <laughs> and it's not always creative and it's very frustrating. Uh, but she does, she sort of takes us through that journey and what it's taking her to do that. So we're really happy for Sonia. We think it's really great and we're very excited to see where she takes all these amazing things. So it's really great to have her back. She's always a very, uh, a really great speaker and a very inspiring person. So thanks so much, Sonia, for coming back and telling us about this amazing journey you're on. And you guys should check out her schoolism class if you guys want to mm-hmm. pick up some Blender stuff. Uh, I'm sure it'd be a really great course to, to check it out as well. Okay, we don't have any announcements, uh, but we do. Uh, but if people want to know more about the podcast, Kristen, where can they go? Uh, you can go to facebook.com slash cggaragepodcast or chaos.com slash cggarage. And if you'd like to watch us, go to youtube.com slash chaosgrouptv. Perfect. And if you guys have other ideas of podcast member to just email us, labs at chaosgroup.com is our email. And we would love to take your suggestions. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating. Uh, and we'd appreciate that as well. But for now, please enjoy episode number 368 with Sonia Kristoff. Welcome to another CG Garage where the Chaos Group talks. You'll know it's over when the last bucket drops. We're gonna fire off rays in high dynamic range. We know that ambient occlusion is passe. Global illumination won't lead you astray. And while image-based lighting is really swell, 
You need to make sure everything has for now. So the last time that you and I did this po- did a podcast was in 2019. The world was a different world back then. Yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we've, we've changed a few things. A uh, few things have happened since then. So I thought it'd be good to catch up with you and see how things have are going with you. <laughs> yeah. God, where do you even start, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. So after we spoke, let's see. So I was still at Ubisoft back then. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after that, I left Ubisoft and I went to IO Interactive, which is a smaller studio. They opened up a new studio uh, in Malmö. Um, uh-huh. And I worked on Hitman 3 there. Uh, great team. It was a smaller team. That was a great experience. Um, and then I got promoted to lead. So that was exciting. Nice. Yeah. And then, you know, <clears throat> a birthday came. The big 4-0 for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and sort of, a, you know, I call it my midlife crisis. Um, but basically, uh, we were like, it would be nice to open up, you know, our own thing or to do our own thing, like kind of be our own boss. Uh-huh. So we we're like, well, no time like the presents, right? We're not getting any younger. Right. Let's just try it. <laughs> so... Yeah, so we uh, we my husband when I say we is my husband and I. Mm-hmm. So we both kind of decided we let's let's make that jump. So that's what we're doing right now. We're we're figuring this whole self-employed opening up a business sort of thing out. Uh, okay. So yeah. what, first of all, let's let's discuss what this business is <laughs> and what you're yeah. doing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're trying to figure that out too. Okay. Uh, so so the first part of that what we're doing is um uh, it's basically, um, we're teaching. So that's the first part of it. So we're teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we're both uh, on uh, schoolism.com. Uh, okay. So, we, so we're both of us uh, teaching a class there. Uh, so we're doing that part-time. And uh, then we occasionally take on freelance contract work as well. Okay. Uh, so that's something that we're, that we're doing also. And then the hope is, uh, or the sort of the long-term goal is that we can start developing sort of our own stories, you know, whether that's, who knows, whether that's a graphic novel, a a mobile game, whatever that might be. Okay. Um, We're still figuring that out. Um, But to basically create a mobile game, as an example, that's sort of the first thing that the first project we kind of wanted to tackle in the long term. Uh, There's some skills that we need to brush up on. Okay. Uh, you know, there's uh, um, there's some programming skills that, uh, for example, uh, I don't quite have yet. Right. Uh, so I'm, uh, you know, I'm basically looking into uh, C Sharp right now. And, yeah, I'm getting into programming. Uh, okay. Wow. This <laughs> yeah. is pretty ambitious. So you're both teaching and learning and uh-huh. developing and doing mm-hmm. a bunch of things yeah yeah pretty much just you know basically whatever whatever we can you know whatever we can we know how to do and to generate some income to keep us uh, basically afloat until right. we learn all those skills that we need to have and need to know to be able to create something right um, yeah that's that's sort of the idea that we had okay yeah all right well a couple questions first of all <laughs> i don't think we've covered i don't think we've covered what, what uh, your husband does, or maybe we haven't, or at least remind us what, what your husband does. Is he also in the industry? Yeah, yeah. He is, uh, he's actually an art director, art he's director, art- production designer. So we're both strong on the art side. So we got the art side covered. Now mm-hmm. we need to brush up on the technical side of things a little uh, bit more. Okay. So mm-hmm. so what, what in terms of freelance work, what kind of work are you doing freelance? Like what's your, like your freelancey jobs kind of like? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's pretty much environment art or it's concept art, uh, it. any of those things. Yeah. Right. So yeah, right now I'm talking to a game studio, so hopefully I can uh, you know land a contract there and do some work for them for a new upcoming game that they're developing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Okay. And what about the teaching part? You're teaching the same kind of thing. You're teaching envi- environment and concept art in that way. No, so I'm teaching an in, 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 uh, introduction to Blender class on Schoolism. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that your primary tool now? Is Blender sort of your... your, your, your Pretty your, much. Really? Pretty much, yeah. As far as modeling goes, um, yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, I've been doing a lot of uh, non-photorealistic uh, uh-huh. art lately, so stylized um, and like cell shading, a lot of cell shading and just you know, sort of shader experimentation. Uh-huh. And Blender is really good for that. It's really easy. Uh, it's okay. fun to play with. So yeah, I've been, do, I've been doing a lot of personal work in Blender and then obviously the game engines, right? So right. Unreal is what I'm usually familiar with, but now we're branching out and we're, I'm looking uh, or I'm learning Unity. Unity so, as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I have, you know, it was, it, I was talking about it with a friend of mine and he said, you know, if you told me 10 years ago that uh, the, the tools that everyone is going to be using are going to be Blender and Houdini, uh, we would have said mm-hmm. that's crazy. And that's really what's kind of happening these days is Blender has become a, such an important tool for people to use. Uh, but I don't think, when did you start learning Blender? A couple of years ago. A couple okay. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was, uh, so I wasn't there in the very beginning. I came onto it a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just, uh, when it, when I was sort of seeing like it was just catching on and I saw more and more people using it and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try this out. <laughs> What's all the hype about, right? right. Uh, and then I sort of tried it and I'm like, oh, wow, this actually makes modeling fun. Yeah. You know, because it's like modeling was never something I really enjoyed doing. I just right. never did. It, it's always cumbersome. You always have to think about how do I best approach this? You know, it's like, it was just, I felt like you could never be, it, it was always more technical than creative. Yeah. Um, I felt like, you know, it's like, how do I get this tool to do what I want it to do? Um, yeah. But Blender changed that for me, at least personally. It just, right. it was just a lot more fluid. It made fun. I was like, oh, I'm having, this is, this is cool. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And that was sort of what did it for me. And I was like, all right, let's see what else Blender has to offer. Yeah, and it's free. You can't beat that, right? Well, yeah, thing. it's 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 uh it's it's free for 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 no, for reasons. Uh, but that's good. That's good. I I'm actually very interested because you know, like you said, modeling has been. I started off as a modeler in in, in the visual effects world, right? And those luckily, I missed the time when people were modeling buildings or geom- with, with nerves. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, can oh you imagine? I had to do so, a car. I had to do a car with yeah. nerves. And I guess, I guess that's curved surfaces, so it, yeah, it makes sense. But that yeah. was still such a hard assignment. It's, it's so difficult, yeah, especially like in Maya. Trying to, yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> trying to make a car with a quilt. You know, it's like, yeah. it's just, <laughs> it's so horrible. But I've heard a lot about this stuff. A lot, a lot of people are sort of uh, transitioned themselves to, to Blender. The big other ones that I've heard is uh, C4D. A lot of people are looking at C4D for doing quick, quick and easy modeling as well. So that's kind of thing I think is interesting. Yeah. I used Cinema 4D back in the day, a long time ago, for a projection. They had a really good, for like matte painting, that's a really good projection oh, system. Interesting. So that was really, really good back then. I haven't tried it in a while, but that was, that was really good. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I think, also, I think also motion graphics, I think. Cinema 4D is really oh, yeah. big Very for motion fun. graphics. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of motion graphics people still want to stay on a Mac. And so that's yeah. the only option really they have on the Mac. So, mm, um, okay. uh, But uh, 
Well, yeah, Blender is Blender is interesting. I'm very curious about it. Like, what what's your what's your thoughts about like you know, open source software in general? <laughs> I mean, now that we're going sort of doing our own thing, I'm all for it, right? <laughs> right, right, sure, sure. Because <laughs> uh, you know, you need to. Uh, it's the those licenses can be quite expensive, and they can kind of add up, uh, right. even with subscription fees, that can get very expensive very quickly. Right. So, um, I think open source in generally is 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 good as long as you know it's not too many different add-ons get put on top of it and then it starts to get really patchworky right. <laughs> you know um things can break very quickly that way okay but so far i haven't seen that so far um from what i've seen blender is pretty stable right um i will say this though like i don't uh i haven't i, I think blender like mm, if I compare Blender to Clarice, for example, as far as, okay. you know, the amount of polygons it can handle, it's definitely not a Clarice. <laughs> right. It's definitely not that. So there's definitely a ceiling there, I right. would say. Uh, mm -hmm. This is getting all of my all of my opinion. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, so it's not. So I wouldn't do, like, ginormous world uh, planets, you know, whatever you want. Like, sure. I wouldn't necessarily do that. Uh, How does so, it compare to Max or Maya, then, would you say? Um, well, I think, I think Maya, I think Maya and Max can handle a little bit more. Mm. I, I've, I've noticed Blender slow down a little oh. bit faster than I would expect Max or Maya to slow down. Gotcha. Um, but that again can change. Blender gets a lot of updates, mm -hmm. so that could potentially change, uh, yeah. sooner than later. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay, well... That's cool, and you you know doing stuff in Blender is great, uh, and your class. And so, tell us a little bit about your class. Like, what what what's uh, you're teaching? You know, is it like a, a week class, or is it just videos that people watch online, or or how does it how does it work? Yeah, so it's the whole course is nine weeks long, and it consists right. of uh, um, uh, uh, pre-recorded videos, uh, mm -hmm. so one every week, and the videos are anywhere usually around forty five to an hour long, mm -hmm. and uh, there's a homework assignment every week. And there's two different ways you can uh, take the class. So you can do the subscription model. So you pay a monthly fee and you get access to all the classes on Schoolism uh, that mm -hmm. they offer. Mm -hmm. um, so you can just watch it at your own pace, learn and try and you know, uh, take your time basically. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we also have the critiqued or the uh, critique session, which is basically where um, we do take it nine weeks. And you submit your homework to me every week, and I record and give you feedback. I also answer any questions that people might have. Nice. So that's a more personal approach. Yeah. 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 Cool. And so that's how many, uh, how many students do you usually have? I mean, it's, that's a lot of uh, homework to review. <laughs> yeah, I try to keep it to around five, five Got per it. session. So yeah. not too much. Uh, right. I, feel, I feel like five is generally a good number. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, because that also leaves me time to do all the other stuff that I need to do, right? So right. in case I want to take on a freelance job, it gives me time to do that and still answer all the questions my students might ask. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Now, tell us a little bit about your ambitions of uh, creating uh, a game or creating an environment or, or some story or something of that nature. Like, how did that all happen? <laughs> 
Hey, that happened, I think, a little while ago. You know, it's like when I mean, when you're always working in games or you're working on films or whatever, you know, you always there's always something your brain is always yeah. thinking creatively. And you're like, oh, it would be cool if this, or you know, oh, it would be fun if this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you know, sometimes uh, at some point, I think we just started writing some of those ideas down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have like a little, a little, cre- like a little diary that I sort of carry around with me from room to room. <laughs> and right. if something pops up, I'm like, "Ooh, this would be cool." Write that down. Right. Um, and then, yeah, when we were like, "Oh, this is a cool idea. This is, you know, this is something that we think we could potentially pull off." It's we're trying to keep it really, really small in the beginning uh, mm-hmm. before you know get our feet wet. Uh, actually see if we can create something because that's a big question mark we haven't done this but we haven't tried this before so we have no idea um so that's why we're like okay what can we do that people would enjoy that we would enjoy uh and that we can actually pull off and we're like okay so we came up with some ideas i'm like oh that's maybe a bit too complex it's too let's let's push this on the would love to do in you know five years <laughs> let's okay. push this on the back burner um and then we eventually came to an idea and we're like all right i think we can do this but but we need to we need to learn some programming we, we need to we need to get some of those fundamentals in um yeah so that's that's where we are right now trying to uh, for one we're also trying to set up a company so uh, we're now doing budgets and business plans which <laughs> we've never done before in our entire life yeah i mean um, did, did, did you uh, do you do things like get a business loan or are you actually looking for investors or <laughs> yeah at, at the moment we're not uh, because at the moment you know we are like i said we're taking freelance work and we're sure. teaching so that's paying the bills so we're mm-hmm. good at the moment but uh, if we wanted to do uh, like this game then yeah the idea is is that we ultimately uh, just get to the point that we can put together a prototype a playable prototype and then that we can shop around and then get investors so that, so that we can actually pe- hire people full-time who know this, you know, much better than we do. Right. <laughs> That's generally the idea. But, right. um, yeah, but we wanted to see if we can push it as far as we can uh, on a small, on the smallest scale possible. How do you <laughs> shop around a game? Like, what do you, do you just go to some game companies and say, we have a game, we would like you guys to purchase it or publish it for us? Or how does it work? <laughs> Yeah, this is where we're gonna uh, knock on some, um, you know, some some friends' doors, uh-huh. <laughs> some people that we know, and be like, "Hey, um, can you put us in touch with some publishers?" <laughs> uh, and that's basically what we planned on doing. So just uh-huh. reaching out to friends and people that we know, uh, and then reaching out to publishers, maybe set up a meeting, and then present them our idea and our game, and see okay. what they say. <laughs> okay, and you're trying to yeah. do it as a mobile game, right? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how we we wanted to start. Like I said, we're trying to keep it as small, as manageable as possible. Right. Yeah. What do you think about the game world, the game, uh, you know, the structure of the game world right now? Like, how do you think, because I've seen mobile games can often make a lot more money than any other games, like big games in some ways. I mean, it makes sense because we all have one of these. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> we all have one, so that's not everybody has necessarily a you know a PC, a powerful PC or sure. a console. So right. that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think it's just it's just um, ease of access, and I do think mobile games uh, can actually can actually make a lot more money than other games can. They also sure. generally uh, don't take necessarily quite as long to produce. Yeah. Uh, they're lower fidelity. That means you know you can get away with a lot more. Sure. So yeah, I think all in all, it kind of makes sense that they're uh, they're quite uh, 
successful, I guess, sure, <laughs> is the word sure. for it. Well, so, okay. So, and then also I think, you know, what's obviously, I mean, I, I spoke to, you know, some of the, uh, uh, one of the lead uh, research guys at, at Unity on the, on this podcast and sort of he was telling me about like, you know, once, once those types of tools came around, like Unity and Unreal mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, once those tools came around, uh, it sh- kind of changed the whole landscape of what you need to make a game, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe those tools weren't, I mean, those game engines weren't available to to you and I, right, before right. that. Um, right. They were only available to multi-million dollar companies and studios. But now we can do it. We can, and, and I mean, people, a lot of people do. There's a lot of indie developers, you know, that are just, actually just one guy, you know, and create they can create amazing games. Yeah. So it's it's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is what are your what are your thoughts on on how the game the especially, you know, the the game engine wor- uh, world has has changed in the last actually probably in the last couple of years since we last talked. It's been a pretty big mm-hmm. deal that's happened, right? What are your thoughts on that? Um I think it's uh, it's it's interesting to see. I mean, I sort of suspected some of that. I mean, uh, especially Unreal is is, is uh, coming creeping more and more into VFX, right? I mean, not really creeping; it's already there, basically. Right. Um, so I, I mean, I sort of suspected that uh, way back when. Uh, Why do you be- think that's happening? Well, I think they've made a big investment in it as well. I think the the fidelity, uh, the look of real time game engines has just. I mean, it looks good. <laughs> it looks yeah. really good, um, yeah. and it's and just the fact that it's real time. I mean, it's hard to beat that. You know, it's hard to beat just seeing immediately what this shot is going to look like when it's rendered, versus me pushing a button and hopefully nothing breaks, and in four hours I can check. Yeah, yeah. I'm just curious, you know, like to understand, like you know, obviously games, uh, game engines are going into the visual effects world. You know, Unity obviously is making those moves as well they they purchase weta <laughs> so they're you know they they've got some ideas as well but i'm curious like you know those tools are are generally free so why you know the, there there's there's ideas of like them getting into the industry and like what they're going to do with it uh i'm i'm, I'm wondering if they're going to start blending the visual effects world and the game world a lot more in some ways it's not just two separate things you know what i mean that so it's yeah i think i mean i think we're starting to see that right and also with um uh, you know with um uh some of the work that was done on the mandalorian you know incorporating you know having i mean li- i mean they literally have you know <laughs> uh vfx artists on the set building the set in the computer right there uh so i think that's i think that's sort of where the merging is coming helping directors see immediately on like right there on set what this shot is going to look like with the uh, cg background mm-hmm. so i think that's where that's sort of coming in right so yeah, it's an interesting merger. I just hope that the 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 game development. I hope that not. I hope that not all their attention goes into the VFX world, and that the game world gets sort of left behind. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, that's that can happen sometimes. Um, so I'm hoping that won't happen, because uh, I don't think know. so. I think they make way too much money in the game world. For them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, yes. All reality games make more money than than film, right? Sure. Um, so yeah. So hopefully that will continue on. But yeah, I think it's um. It's it's interesting to see it to to see that merger happening. I'll be curious to see how it continues. Yeah, I, the, the reason I'm sort of leading up to this, I'm actually leading this question <laughs> somewhere, is I'm trying to figure out like, okay, so you're making a great game, right? And you've also talked about maybe it's a story, maybe it's a graphic novel or whatever, right? 
because of what games are doing now and the way that you can operate in these things, mm-hmm. you could actually do all of it. <laughs> we could. Yeah, we could. Uh, I mean, the other thing is, uh, you know, and this is also sort of where Blender sort of came in. Uh, I actually just, I, I was putting together a workshop and uh, it was a, it was a, sorry, I'm going on a little bit on a tangent, yeah. but uh, I was, I was doing a workshop um, uh, and I was, uh, it was about composition and before I knew it, I was like, oh, I'm actually starting to tell like a story. I'm actually starting to like, you know, it was like shots and they were putting like, you know, it was a consequential linear story that I was t- telling in my workshop. And I'm like, oh, this could be fun. You right. know, I'm like, oh, maybe I should think about the, the character a little bit more. And what's the motivation, the backstory before I knew it, I was actually writing. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, you know, I already have the character models. You know, I need to, um, I'm not the best animator, so I would have to brush up on that. Um right. But I could also potentially do a short film. Right. Right? The tools are there. They're free. So it just, again, it comes down to, all right, again, maybe I need to get a little bit better at animating. Maybe I need to pick up some programming. But once you supplement some of that knowledge, why not? (laughs) Do you you think that all of, I mean, you've you've obviously, like, have this huge creative burst in the last couple of years, which is great. A little bit. Uh, do you think that uh, you know? Obviously, the uh, working from home has enabled that to happen. <laughs> Definitely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's uh, I can I can be much more efficient. Don't mean it's also a challenge. I should say it's not it's not it's not all roses, uh-huh. right? Uh, nothing is though. That's life. Um, but it, I can be much more efficient with my time. You mm-hmm. know, it's like when I like when I take a break at home, I load the dishwasher. <laughs> you know, I do yeah. a load of laundry, right? But that saves me from having to do that when I get home or when I'm done with work, and that mm-hmm. frees me up to do other things. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, if I had to go to the studio for well, my travel time is five minutes on foot, so that 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 doesn't count. But other okay. people, other people have longer travel. I mean, I yeah. when I lived in San Francisco, it was like an hour and a half one way, right? So it was three hours of my day just gone. Um, Same here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's I mean. That's three hours you never get back. Um, right. So, so you have that, uh, and then also when I would take a break, you know, I would I would go to the coffee machine and hang out with people. Right. Um, now, okay, that's something I don't get at home necessarily. So that's a little bit of a trade off there. Sure. But again, that also allows me to be more productive in other ways. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting, I, especially on the creative field. You know, there's always been talk of um, uh, recently about the, the great resignation, right? Like where everyone is resigning from their jobs. Uh, and what was interesting, I was reading an article recently about how uh, the jobs where the greatest amount of resignations are happening are creative jobs. Interesting. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think that you, you seem, that article has you in mind when you did it, where like, <laughs> I've been working on creative ideas for a long time and then suddenly like, wait a minute, I can do something. And it's because uh-huh. I think you've been stuck at home and you're like, wait a minute, I, I, I can think I have a little bit more time to think for myself. So, um, yeah, it, it really does free you up and it's sort of like, you're like, oh, I mean, you know, not saying it's not fun to work for somebody else. You know, it, it has it has its it has sure. its pros for sure. And again, now that a I'm steady doing paycheck. <laughs> Exactly, you know, and, and not having to deal with tax loss. Trust me, that's a big pro. Uh, oh, right. Huh. Yeah, because yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. you're in Sweden, right? So I bet you the taxes are pretty complicated up there. <laughs> actually, I would say probably, I, actually, actually, I think they're easier. My, my, my tax return every year is about one page long. Okay, yeah. that's pretty good. 
Yeah, but the whole setup of you know like setting up a company and like a like a lit like a limited corporation is basically what we're going through right now. Right. That is a different ball game, right? There's a lot more paperwork involved. Yeah, um, and especially to somebody who's never gone to business school, that's a whole different. Oh <laughs> story. my god. Yeah, I've actually had to do a little bit of that. We started an LLC. I have another podcast called Martini Giant, and we started an Uh LLC for that because we're Uh starting to, you know, make money selling T-shirts and whatever. And so it was like we had to do it out of some kind of an entity. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, gosh. (laughs) Yes, that was exactly us. We're like, but but we just we just we just do some art on the side. What do you mean we have to open up in uh, like an LLC? And we're like, oh, hold on. We have to do what? Yeah. And, bank accounts. Oh, yeah, bank <laughs> accounts. And you have to, those have to get approved in a business plan. I'm like, what does it even look like? I've never even seen a business plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> no, yeah. we have to write one? What? Mm-hmm. And the budget for the next three years? I'm like, I good question. I have no idea. Right. It's, oh my God. And it takes so much time, so much more time. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. It's yeah. uh it's probably a good thing that they don't tell you how much paperwork is involved before you get into it. Because I think, I think we probably would have thought twice about doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that just the idea that I have, to, I have to do the same. I have to file taxes for, you know, the, the 12 t-shirts that we sold or whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. And it gets even more complicated, right? Because like, we live in Sweden. So, uh-huh. I mean, I, I'm German, so, that's, so I'm okay. But uh-huh. my husband is American. So, you know, you have to also file taxes in the U.S. every year. And that now becomes a whole different story. And then if you're an owner of a foreign corporation, there's more paperwork involved. And it keeps going. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Wow, that sounds complicated. Okay. Um, All right. Well, let's let... But good for people to know. And they should be aware of these things before they start the company. (laughs) Yes. There's a lot of... There's, you know, things you never thought about. And then all of a sudden, before you know, you're like, ooh... I mean, we now have people. We now have an accountant. We now have an attorney. We now have, you know, an accountant in Sweden, an accountant in the U.S. We have people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Uh, Okay. Well, that sounds great uh, and interesting. Um, But uh, what, you know... What besides the legal stuff? What advice mm-hmm. would you give people if they want to try to do this? Obviously, I know you're in the in the throat. When did you start this, by the way? When did you decide to do this big jump? How long uh, pretty come? recent. I mean, we I, we sort of I released my class. Uh, was it September? End of September last year. Okay. Um. So then, um. So that that was sort of my like. Okay, we have something that can bring in a little bit of income. Let's mm-hmm. let's do let's let's take the jump. So I would say October. And then we uh, we were sole uh, sole traders first, and uh, we are in now in the process of opening the LLC. Okay. So it's all it's all pretty all relatively fresh. Relatively fresh. Okay. What advice would you give people who want to try to do this? <laughs> um, I would say it, it's several several things, right? So the first thing is obviously make sure that. Um, <laughs> You need to be as or try to be as prepared as you possibly can. Sure. So that means so if you want to do some freelance work, you know, see if you can already line up some clients or have some relationships, right? Something that you have already in the works. So you're not just starting out randomly and like, I am new, I, you know, hire me sort mm-hmm. of thing. Make sure you have a network, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Sure. Make sure you have a network. Make sure if you're teaching that you have something sort of in on the horizon lining up so that you have some income to get you started. Right. Um, 
then the next thing is, uh, you know, be aware that it's going to take a lot of time and you're not uh, just going to be spending time creating artwork or teaching or whatever it is you want to do with your business. Right. But you also need to be your own marketing person. You need to be your own business. Like, you know, it's you're it's all on you. You're doing everything. If you're selling T-shirts, you need to ship those T-shirts, right? Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like all those things. So it mm -hmm. takes a make sure that you dedicate time to that. Um so time management becomes, I think, important. Uh, also figuring out how, how you spend your time and how much you spend your time, where, and all those things. And, there, and then the big one is, is unfortunately, the business part of it. It, it. You are going to start running a business and a lot of legal things are attached to that. Yeah. So I think those will be my, my three things. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think it's very, I think a lot of people have some ideas about like, I want to do this. And it, you're right. They think it's going to be like, I'm going to do my own thing. It's like, you are going to do your own thing for like this much. <laughs> yes. Yes. And also the other thing is like, I, I've seen, uh, you know, I had a lot of friends who basically took off a year, you know, they, 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 they had their savings and they took off a year to do what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, very few of them managed to get what they wanted to do done in a year. Yeah. Um, this is sort of why we are doing what we're doing right now, uh, which, you know, we're basically trying to diversify, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, what we're doing to make sure that we can sort of sustain ourselves for a long time, that we can try to learn those skills that we don't have, that we need, and then also to allow ourselves to fail in the process because we right. haven't tried this ourselves. This is a full new thing. Um, we just don't know if it's going to be successful or not, and we need to be able to fail <laughs> and then try again. Right. Yeah, you have to have multiple uh, multiple attempts, right, at, yeah. at making this work. Yeah, because, I mean, that's the one thing I said to us. I'm like, we have never done this before. Um, sure, we have experience in games, and we can definitely make it look good. That I can guarantee you, right? That we can right. do. But it, there's more to a game. It needs to be fun to play. Um, and for that, you need to have that buffer time. You need to test it. You need to try it out. And I'm like, I, if we just give ourselves one shot, then we're just setting ourselves up to fail, like from the get-go. We might as well just get another job, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah, so yeah. it's yeah. So that 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 was like our whole approach to why we're like, okay, let's let's make sure that we have something uh, always uh, that can help us stay afloat. So we don't need to go into our savings necessarily, um, and that we can you know make a living and survive and still do our own thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I th it, the thing is, you know, games and, and movies, are, they're all hit-driven things, right? So you mm -hmm. either make it or fail. And so yep. I think that one of the great, the Angry Birds story is like a good example of that, right? How many games yeah. did they make until they got a successful one? <laughs> I mean, look at the goat simulator. I mean, what, <laughs> what the heck is that? But it was uh -huh. hugely successful. I mean, you know, you never know. Um, yeah. But again, that, that's the whole point. You never know until you try it. But you need to be able to try it once, fail, then try it again. And hopefully... Sure. You know, by the second, third time, hopefully, then you succeed. Yeah, yeah. But that all of that takes time, <laughs> a lot of time. Have you have you put any thought? And I mean, I'm sure you have, but I'm curious to hear your your thoughts on on the. There's a lot in the news right now, obviously, with um, the economy of mobile games, right? Of how mm -hmm. those works, um, and uh, you know, specifically, you know, some people are. Uh, like you know, talking specifically about like okay how how do you make money in mobile games so several things is you can just put a price out there and here's five dollars mm -hmm. for the game or whatever and then you you pay the game or ten dollars or fifty dollars whatever you want to do um and then there's obviously you know subscription prices or 
ad removals or pay as you go or those microtransactions. Types of things. Microtransactions. Wow. Yeah. So what are, what are your thoughts on on how 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 you make money on games? Like how do you think about those things? I I I think we're I think we're more I don't even know what the word is for that I guess more traditional. Um, mm-hmm. We're very much like we're not fans of microtransactions. Um, you know I think I think like a one time fee <laughs> I think should be all you need to pay. Right. To be honest, um, it's probably probably not the most business savvy model. Probably not. But that's that's where our belief structure sort of comes in. I I just you know we just don't believe in microtransactions. We just we never like them. Uh, it's not our thing. Um, yeah, yeah, but they can be very lucrative for a company. <laughs> they can, they can, and but uh, that's that's sort of where the uh, I guess the ethics versus the business sense is going to come mm-hmm. in, and yeah. uh, uh, I, I um, I'm hoping we'll stick on the ethics side of things and that we can make that work. <laughs> oh, I'm a if I see a really cool game, mobile game, and it's just like five dollars, then I'll buy that. I was going to say, I'm like, I mean, that's, that's, how, that's, that's how I react when I yeah, see a yeah. game. I'm like, you know, like, or maybe it's like free to play for a little bit to try it out. I'm like, okay, I'm liking this. I like what I'm right. seeing. And then it costs $5. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll pay that. Like $5 is not going to break the bank. I'll do that right. for sure. So, right. yeah. So I, I kind of, I think we're, that's, that's how we like to play games. So I think that's kind of, that's the goal that we have. Right. Whether it works and, out, we'll have to see. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about, you know, uh, you know, the, what the, obviously just, uh, some big, um, you know, things going on right now with Epic versus Apple specifically about the prices that the taxes that Mm. people are paying, the 30% tax that they're paying. What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) To be honest, I haven't really, to be honest, I haven't really paid that close attention to that conversation. I have to admit, I have been kind of, um, you know, we've been, we've been a little busy with something, something else over here in Europe, uh, (laughs) at the moment. Um, but uh, no, actually, I, I, I'm honestly not not fully aware. I know that there was a, there were, they went to court, didn't they? But that was a little mm-hmm. while ago, though, right? Yeah, it's still going on. Uh, okay. But basically, basically, it's it, so when you when you if when you someone buys your game, uh, you get seventy percent, and Apple gets thirty percent, right? Yeah. So it's they're saying it's the storefront cost, but thirty percent when you're making that seems your, a bit much. When you're making billions of dollars, <laughs> seems high. Yeah, and thirty percent also just for putting out an icon on a storefront and maybe taking care of some credit card transaction seems a bit steep. Yeah, yeah. So, so that that's that's part of the the, the conversation that's happening. But it's it's interesting. Um, um, I'm I'm very curious about you know where, how that affects, especially smaller businesses. Now, Apple has said basically that they're going to massively lower that transaction for companies that make less than a million dollars or whatever it is. A year, so that could be definitely a good thing for you. <laughs> yes, but uh, you know, but still, I mean, honestly, I mean, if it's if it comes to the point where it's just not, it doesn't make sense financially, mm-hmm. then I'm like, well, then you know, Android. <laughs> well, Android does the same yeah. thing. That's the problem. So, yeah, so, they, so I guess they, I guess they all do. They, they do, they do. <laughs> but it's curious. I'm curious. You know, like there's, there's, there's a lot. There's that that landscape is going to change in some ways. So I, I don't know. I'm very curious about about what that's going to be like and where that can help with little, <laughs> quote unquote, little startup developers, right? People who are doing creating these things, because that could affect uh, the way you're thinking as well. Yeah, um, I mean, it would be, I mean, it would be interesting to see if there's like you know another 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 mobile app store opening well what's that's that's actually what's happening with this uh as a result of this you are there 
I think what they're doing is they're making a policy that Apple has to allow the developers to put a button on their thing, which will take you to a web browser where you don't have to go through the store if you wanted to, mm-hmm. which was not part of the policy before. That's why specifically, yeah, that's why Fortnite got removed from the app store is because they made a button that was against the policy that literally allowed you to buy V-Bucks from a web browser instead of the game. And that would circumvent the 30%. It's so weird. My favorite quote comes to mind from Jurassic Park, nature finds a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nature finds a way. Yeah, so it's very, it's very interesting. But anyway, you, I, think, I think it'd be very curious. I mean, like you said, you know, like you guys have this idea for this game and yet there's all this stuff that you have to figure out. So it's going to be, it's going to be scary. But I yeah. think you can, yeah. You look like you're in good spirits, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to try it. To if I'm sure. if I'm completely honest, I'm just excited that we're actually just taking that leap. Um, you know, again, we don't have to succeed if we fail. Honestly, I'm fine with that. But at least we tried it. Right. I think I I, th- I think if we didn't at least try it, I would wake up one day and I would regret it. And sure. I don't want to do that. So but you went yeah. to film school, right? You went to yeah. University of Miami, if I yeah. believe. Yep. There you go. Yep. See, I remember that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you 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 were like learning directing, and you were an assistant director too. So yeah. you used to make you used to tell stories and do things yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And you know, I, I still like doing. I'm an environment artist, so I still I still I still told stories through my environments. Yeah. But yeah, it's now it's just a. I mean, yeah, and I used to write when I was a kid, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's kind of fun to get back into that a little bit more and. Yeah, it's 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 fun. I, I I'm I'm really enjoying it and just sort of the freedom that you sort of get with that. Right. Um yeah, again, it's it, it's it's a lot new a lot more challenges. There're challenges every day. <laughs> sure. Which is which is great because you know, once you've been doing this job for such a long time, at some point you kind of you know, it becomes a little repetitive what you, sure. what we do. Um, fair enough. You do maybe a different. You work on a different show, or you work on a different uh, film, different game, whatever it is. You might switch departments, but generally, what you do is still the same. So, this what we're doing right now, it, it's <laughs> it's something completely different every day. Right. And I'm really enjoying that. It's I, I, you know I've, I'm I'm like a fish out of water most most of the time, yeah. but I, I enjoy that because I'm learning so much in the process. Yeah. So I think that's what that's why I'm good spirits. I think <laughs> for sure, for sure. You know, it was interesting. I remember when I when I I did my V-Ray IRL short, where some of my listeners will remember. It was like I had to become a producer, right? And yep. I didn't know. I was like, yeah, you know, I see producers do things all the time. And I realized, like, oh my gosh, I have to do so. All and I started massive respect for producers all of a sudden because I realized, mm-hmm. like, if if I don't do something, it's nothing is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to get done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't just sit at my desk waiting for things to arrive and then I just do my part. No, it's, I have to do everything. <laughs> it was yeah. crazy to realize that, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's, that's also the just exciting part. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, yo, I have to do this. Oh, okay, I have to do this. All right, all right, let's figure out how do I do this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but you grow so much in that process and you get better with it every time. And yeah. that's, and that's, I think that's, that's exciting to me. That's, uh, I think that's, that's what drives me. It's like, I always want to get better and keep learning. And um, yeah. 
you know, I think, you know, the other thing I think is interesting also, uh, Sonia, is that you're, you're less, I'm not going to say it will, but let's say that this doesn't necessarily go in the direction. And you have to make some different choices. Uh, you're going to learn, grow so much in the process of having done this that you are going to uh-huh. be at a different level. I think yeah. that if you go back into the workforce for some reason, you're going to go as a different person or different things. I think that no matter what happens here, something big is going to happen uh, for you as growth and knowledge and, and skill sets that it's going to be a, a big deal. I mean, look at you're learning C sharp. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, did you good. ever program before? I, I took like one programming class when I went to Noman a long time ago. Okay. So I have I have some knowledge. I can I can I can do a little bit of Python, tiny bit amount of Python, right? Right. But that's about it. So no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I know what a script looks like. Like I said, I can do some Python. I can figure. Right. Things. I can look at some code. And I can sort of. I can follow it along. I can figure it out. But sure. Writing my own from scratch? No, 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 not necessarily. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is good. How do you learn? How do you learn? Do you just find online classes, or how are you learning that? Yeah, pretty much. I'm fine. I like. I found some online classes that I'm taking right now that uh, so far seem to be really good. I, I'm enjoying them. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Unity offers some uh, beginning coding classes as well through oh, their nice. online learning platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to go through those first and see how far that takes me, and then see if I need to like sign up for like a legitimate like classroom setting C sharp type. Okay. Um, so that was sort of my approach right now. But so far, I'm learning quite a bit, and uh, I think it's all making it's in it's in the Unity context, which I think is great because okay. C sharp can obviously go so many places, right? So right. I, I don't necessarily want to learn things that I don't need to know. So um, sure. So far, so good. Okay. Yeah. And so, okay, let's talk a little bit. Why why is C sharp important? Why, Unity. Why, why, because of Unity. Okay. Unity. And so why is Unity important? <laughs> so uh, we looked at both, uh, obviously, like I, I know Unreal. I'm more familiar sure. with Unreal than I am with Unity. So Unity is something that I'm picking up now. And we sort of looked at both of them. And I looked at, um, so Unreal obviously has blueprints, um, mm-hmm. which are helpful. Um, but they can also be a little bit limiting. So uh, if you can't do what you want to do with those blueprints, then you need to learn other programming language. So I'm like, okay, let's not. So let's just accept the fact we need to learn a programming language. Okay. <laughs> let's just accept that. Um, and then I was sort of comparing Unity to Unreal and sort of thinking about the type of game that we want to make. And I have to, I have to, I have to admit, Unity looked a, the Unity interface looks a little bit more clean to me it looks a little bit more organized than unreal does unreal okay. can be a little convoluted you have to go through all kinds of yeah. boxes and it's yeah it's like, mm. uh, there's a Unity, lot of options there's a lot of stuff and i'm like i'm like all right, fidelity wise like unreal looks beautiful unreal creates some beautiful looking games mm-hmm. but we're thinking about doing a 2d <laughs> 2d right. game i'm like we don't need all of that mm-hmm so for us, I think it's I think it's like the cleaner, the easier uh, it is to access, and I like how simple Unity does it. You just write a script, you attach it; it's super easy. I'm like I, I like that. So that's why we made the decision that I think we're gonna we're gonna try to go with Unity. Yeah, I mean Unity yeah. obviously is well proven in the mobile game world, right? Like that's yeah, especially also in the indie market. I would say oh yeah, it's hugely popular in the indie market. I think yeah. for those reasons, if you if you know C sharp, you can. You can do anything. 
Yeah, how hard how hard is it learning that? I mean, like obviously you're 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 doing it from scratch, but is it like it, C sharp is not like C plus plus? It's significantly easier. It's a scripting language, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a script. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, I mean, so far, I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm just going through the basics, right? So I'm just going through. I'm like, okay, what's a variable? What's an operator? I'm going through the basics, basically. Sure. But I, I mean, from what I've seen so far, I mean, those concepts are not new to me because, I, like I said, I did take one scripting class a long time ago. Sure. Um, so those principles seem to be similar. I think it's just mostly like figuring out. Um, I mean, it's just like another language. So it's just like you need to, you know. Sure. What, uh, it's called one thing in, in English, and it's called, I don't know, it's called, I was going to say kindergarten, but that doesn't make sense. That's a German yeah. word, so that's, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. But, you know, it's called water in in, uh, in, in English. It's called Wasser in German. So you just need right. to figure out what the what the translation is, and then you should be okay. Figure out a little slight, slight different uh, syntax, and should be good. Yeah. 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 What other skills have you had to, like, you, you mentioned, like, animation. Like, I'm not really an animator, right? So, like, I can't imagine, like, if you're doing everything from scratch, it's like, uh, how do I animate something? Like, is that other things you're starting to pick up on the way? Yeah, I brushed up on rigging skills recently. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I know. I know. I'm an environment artist. I'm an environment artist. I can't imagine an environment right? artist doing a, doing rigging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I mean, that's that's that was my focus. Like, you know, you could basically scare me with characters in school. Right? And I was like, mm -hmm. I don't want to do characters. Mm -hmm. uh, and now I'm getting, I'm like, oh, but storytelling, you need characters for that. <laughs> so, yeah. So now I'm I'm picking up, yeah, getting back into rigging and um, my skinning skills. I'm like brushing up on those. Those were awful. I'm like, oh, I'm starting to get the hang of it now. Though, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Okay. A lot of things. I, I have a long laundry list of things that I want to get better at. Are you doing that in Blender too? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that, that's actually a really uh, fantastic add-on for it. So I don't have to do it from scratch. Mm -hmm. um, and it was called, it's called uh, Auto Rig Pro, I think. Mm -hmm. Fantastic add-on. It's so good. Um, so yeah, so I use that and... Uh, it, it does it does quite a bit of the setup for me, and it works really really well. Right. Um, and then I've just learned that I just need to figure out how to fix some of the skinning issues after the fact, or you know, some of the deformations and. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Look at you, random artist doing rigging. I know. <laughs> I know. I even I even managed to bring over like mocap and get that you know onto my character. Oh. I was like, oh yeah. Mm. Okay, I actually do have a question about for about mocap. Like, like I so I've been working on this little. Uh, idea of a virtual production sort of thing that I've been playing around with. And I'm trying to say, like, I don't think my whole thing is like, you don't need to build out a million dollar motion capture stage to do mocap. I think you can mm -mm. do it in other ways, right? So there's other, like, have you thought about doing your own mocap? Uh, well, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of new software. There's actually one that just came out. Uh, I think it's, what's it called? I think Plask. Plask. Have, have you heard of Move AI? Uh, yes, I have actually. Like yes, mar markerless. It's just with a bunch of GoPros. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, but it's it's now getting to the point where you can literally just record yourself with a, like with a phone. Yeah. Uh, upload the video, get it analyzed by an AI system, mm -hmm. and then you get the mocap data back. Yeah, I I literally like I took um I captured my the facial capture for the character I was doing was just literally an iPhone driving a live link to it's called live link face and it just drives the the yeah. unreal thing directly. Yeah. Like it's a from, from a phone live. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't I think I think the days of I mean obviously if you want to have something really high fidelity you still want to have a mocap studio, right? But I think the tools are getting so good 
I think it's going to become less and less that, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I think that the AI tools specifically are filling in all the gaps of mm -hmm. that were, you know, needed for high fidelity that like they invent all this stuff for you. Right. I mean, I was impressed. I took, I mean, I, I, I took like, I just I like downloaded a video from uh, like online and I tried it out with the software and uh -huh. I was amazed. I mean, this was just a single angle, a character walking, like a side view and I mean, the leg was hidden at time, the arm was hidden, but the just it's solid. Just yeah, it interpreted it perfectly. And I'm like, wow, wow, yeah, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, and that, I think what that's great is that these things are starting to pop up more and more and more mm -hmm. uh, because uh, we're just going to enable people like like you to do the things you want to do. <laughs> Yeah. Right. But that's why that's why I think like now is like the perfect time. Like it's never been better. Like the tools have never been easier. They have never been more accessible right. for people to actually go out there and create their own content, tell their own stories. Uh, yeah. Of course, that also can create a flooded market really quickly. So that's the other challenge. Right. That's the downside to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, but I, I think, love it. But, it's but, exciting. But, but we already covered how much work it takes just to get started beyond yes. learning the tools. That is true. So, so that is you, true. It's not, so I think that it's not just like anyone can do it. Like, yeah, it, it, it takes time and dedication and a lot of work. I remember yes. uh, I went to go. This was maybe twenty years ago. Uh, I went to a uh, uh, a talk. It was a thing where it was John Waters was talking. Right, he was uh -huh. talking about filmmaking. Right. And people were asking him all kinds of questions. This was, like I said, it was ages ago. It was just when those HD camcorders were coming out, right? Where you can get a camcorder that would <laughs> would would record in HD, which which, uh -huh. is, which to them was like that's film quality or film resolution at least, right? And so they he said, "What do you think about the fact that anyone can get an HD camera now and make a movie?" And John, <laughs> John Waters was like, "I was like, I love this. Anyone can make a movie. Not everyone should." <laughs> That is very true. That is right? very true. That is very true. That is very true. <laughs> so yeah. I, I thought it was like, yeah, yeah, he's right. But I think it's great. I think what you're, you know, but the thing is people like you don't necessarily have to uh, pick up on all the technical skills. You can sort of use a lot of these things that are, that are coming out, which I think is very exciting. Yeah, and that's why, like, this, I mean, that's honestly, I mean, that's that's why I looked at the mocap situation because mm -hmm. I'm like, huh, I'm not the best of animator, but I can, I, I'm a, I'm a human, I can move. So right. if I can figure out how to record myself and get that in, uh -huh. we're golden. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I think it's really, it's, I think it's really great. I think people are going to really start taking advantage of all of these uh, these things, and the, I don't think it would have happened. All of these AI tools, I don't think it would have happened or or been inspired in, in, unless the game engines have sort of started the train moving mm -hmm. <laughs> and then everyone's kind of like doing their thing, you know? So uh, I think that's really interesting. Okay. One last topic I want to ask you about, especially I'm curious as a, as a concept artist and an environment person, I had had a chat uh, the other day or yesterday actually uh, with uh, the Kitbash 3D guys. Oh yeah. So they also create a bunch of things so that people mm -hmm. can tell their stories. Uh, and I think this is a really interesting uh, idea. What are your thoughts as a, as a, as a, as a, as a concept artist about like what they're doing or, or what, the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the environment of like assets of creating environments, et cetera, et cetera. What are your thoughts about that? Uh, so uh, I think as an, as an environment artist, I think that that's all great because, you know, you can just, you can, you can buy those uh, assets. I mean, there's a lot of asset stores out there right now, also for Arquivis, right? There's a lot of them. Sure. Um, 
it's all great because it can get you started and you can you can quickly put something together. I think it's all great for that. Um, now, if you're thinking more of a for like a concept artist, then I mean, your job is essentially to come up with ideas, right? So it's like um, uh, a lot of times then I would say, uh, what is your design? Like, what is your unique uh, interpretation of the design? So if you're using a pre like a pre-made asset that somebody else designed, that's not really your design. So how are you using it? How are you changing it? Would be my question. So that's think, it. That's yeah. interesting because their number one, their number one uh, customers are concept artists, and that's, which is interesting. <laughs> but, but they don't. They don't make the, it. What's interesting is they don't make. That's specifically how they thought about kit bashes. They made it so it's modular and that you can take yeah. it apart and reassemble it and stuff like that. Uh, but I'm you're, I'm curious. Like it's like because suddenly like. I just need to make something really quick. And it's like, you don't have to build it from scratch every time, right? <laughs> For that part, that part, I think it's great. Like if you need to put something together quickly, I think that's great. But if it's something that's like highly designed, like, uh, you know, I'm just I'm thinking like uh, Tomorrowland, you know, we that sure. was highly designed. Um, then I think it's, you really need to find that unique design language. Uh, and I think at that point, I would say, try to do that from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I'd say I'm, I'm just yeah I'm just really curious about about that. So because I was I was like I wonder what Sony would think about about what they're doing because they're growing like crazy and they're doing a huge amount of work and stuff. So, yeah, I mean I, I'm familiar with it. I mean I, I love the stuff that they do. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. uh, like as I say, like I think again for me especially actually I think I use them well, some of the kits for one of my things that I've done too. Um, so I think it's it's great if you need to quickly put together like a city or something. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, for me, it just it comes down to if it's like a very specific thing that you're really trying to handcraft something completely from scratch. Um, I think you should try to come up with your own assets and your own kit bash kit to yeah. just really make it your own. Do you have really that yourself? Do you have a bunch uh, of things that you've made? That I do you collect. Reuse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, there's no reason to, you know, build a fire hydrant 10 times over. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do it once and you're good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny. I remember it. Uh, uh, <laughs> we were, uh, when I was working on Day After Tomorrow, and we had to do, like, you know, build pretty much all of New York, right? And then they decided they were going to distribute the work to all these students. So all of our models of all of our buildings got distributed to all the visual effects companies. Like, well, great, we built it all, and now you guys all going to use it for, like, decades. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it makes sense. Like, there's no, there's no point in having to redo everything over and over sure, again. Sure, sure, Why? sure. Why? Yeah. Why reinvent the wheel? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, listen, this is very exciting. I'm very excited to hear what what's going on. Obviously, I know you're. It's still very much in the development phase and early, so you're not going to be able to give us specifics of anything. Uh, but uh, I can't wait to follow up more on this. But do you guys? Do you have a company name? Well, we're just in the process of applying, so okay. we have to see if it gets approved by the Swedish government. Ah, okay. Right. <laughs> it goes through a process, but uh, yeah, so we, we have to wait and see. So. All right, all right. Well, I think it'd be, it will be good to find out what that is, and we can let people know. Uh, and then, uh, what was the name of the, the, the school that you're, t you're teaching through? Uh, it's a schoolism. 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 Mm -hmm. So they can, we'll put that link on the, on the site as well, so people can check out the classes you're doing. Uh, but yeah, this is great ch catching up with you. <laughs> oh, so nice chatting with you. I know, especially last time, you know, it was, uh, it was, you know, much more, uh, I would say formal setting. So it's fun to kind of. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Chat. And you, and you've been, and you've been on uh, our total chaos things and our 24 yes. hours of chaos and all of that stuff. So, so yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah, 
Do you, do you have any updates on that? Do you think it's going to happen in person this year? I don't know. Have you, heard, you know, have you heard? Have we've, we've had a big merger, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I'm just like, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? What's going to happen? I don't. I think I. I don't. I don't know. Uh, right now, I mean, I'm talking. You know, when I talk to Vlado and Peter, they're, they're like, "Well, we're dealing with this merger, which is a great news, by the way. We're very excited about it. Uh, but, but it is. I, I think it's. I haven't actually heard about Total Chaos or fair enough. Fair enough. For a while. Might, but I'd like. I'm sure something will happen at some point soon. So. We'll just figure out when and what. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Bye. Yeah. It was great chatting with you, Sonia. Thank it you so much. It was amazing. All right. Have a good one. <laughs>